Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9, and Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, nor ear has perceived. No eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, the sanctuary, the entire church looks beautiful, and I just want to say uh, my thanks and appreciation, and our thanks and appreciation uh, for James and uh, Tina DeBosier and Tina Offerjost, as well as Amanda Irwin and Chrissy Richardson and the countless others who uh, decorated the church, not only the sanctuary, but uh, the connections area and the lobby as well. Uh, Let us give our thanks and appreciation. Amen. I think I'm correct in saying that James had said that there's at least 100 boxes in each tree, so we know who we can go and call to uh, wrap our Christmas packages, right? Uh, Because they look beautiful. Today is the first Sunday of the season of Advent, as Pastor Emily mentioned this morning, and it begins our sermon series entitled Unbreakable Gifts, which is based on a book by James Moore and Jacob Armstrong entitled Christmas Gifts That Won't Break. And this is our Advent study in this season, not only for small groups, but uh, for individuals as well. And we invite you to participate in any way that you uh, may feel led. You can purchase books uh, online via Amazon and Cokesbury. But over the next couple of weeks, we will dive deeper together into what God's unbreakable gifts are in our lives. The gift of hope, the gift of joy, the gift of love, the gift of peace, and ultimately the gift of Christ Jesus. Amen? 
Oh, it's, it's past 11.15. You should be awake by now. Amen? There we go. As we begin this day, we journey towards another day, Christmas Day. And together we know that Jesus has already been born in the little town of Bethlehem in the stable. We know that Jesus has already, the, the pronouncement of Jesus' birth has already been proclaimed to the wise men and to the shepherds. We know that. We also know that we await with countless people of the ages past, countless faithful of those before us who have hoped and who have longed and who have actively anticipated and actively expected the birth of the Christ child and the coming of the Christ child to come into our hearts yet again so that Christ will return and that the kingdom of God will be given on earth as it is in heaven and that the unbreakable gifts of God will be fully received and fully realized in our hearts and in our lives. Let's pray together. God of grace and God of glory, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the many good and perfect gifts that you have given to each and every one of us. God, in a time of hustle and bustle, as we enter into this next holiday season, we pray that we can be slow. Slow down our lives so that we can see glimpses of your glory all around us so that we can live in to the hope that this season brings, along with the gift of joy and the gift of love and the gift of peace. May that enfold in our hearts this day as we unwrap the good and perfect and unbreakable gifts that you offer us. So Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. God, you are a rock and our Redeemer, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. According to the National Retail Federation, consumers, us, are projected to spend about $850 billion this holiday season. And as individuals, that averages out to be about $998.73. Are you close to that so far? I'm not, by the way. Whether you did your shopping at home while you ate another slice of pumpkin or apple pie, or maybe you were like one of those folks, the, uh, I call them the crazies, because I'm one of them as well, who ventured out on Black Friday to get all those steals and deals, we together are longing for something in this holiday season, longing for something, and frankly, we don't even know what we're longing for, but by going to the store and buying those gifts, we're longing for that. Maybe we're longing for the Christmases of old, the the traditional good family Christmases. And, And friends, what we have in front of us, it's not the traditional good old family Christmases that we remember from the past. What we have in front of us is what we see and what we get, and maybe we're not happy with it. We we long for something else. We long for something more. Is that all that there is? There there must be more. And when we long for something more, when we long for something else than what we see and what we get, then we long for something that is not in front of us. And especially for those who are suffering, those who are hurting, those who are mourning, those whose hearts are broken. When we long for something else, we long for something beyond the simple, outside of the norm and the status quo, and we long for hope. 
Amen. I've always found it quite perplexing that a day of thanksgiving, a day when we're giving thanks, a day when we are supposed to be filled with gratitude, and and we are, that it's followed by a day with that is the embodiment of consumerism, Black Friday. And you see, for me, I always wanted to live into that nostalgic feeling. And so I, I did that this past week. We come too focused on giving gifts that are tangible and and flimsy and finite and breakable. And we go to the store time and time again, all in search of that perfect gift in order to make this Christmas the best one yet. Trying to make that Christmas day, that Christmas morning, that Christmas Eve perfect. Trying to do that in the midst of an imperfect year or for many of us in the midst of an imperfect couple of years. So we go out and we search because we're longing for something more, longing for something of the old Christmases, the ones that we used to know. In full transparency, I already told you, I'm one of those crazies that went out on Black Friday and went shopping. But for me, I wanted to gain a sense of nostalgia for the Christmases of the past. I wanted to gain that because, you see, every Thanksgiving we would gather at my aunt's house and we would eat turkey and green bean casserole and mashed potatoes in mass quantities. And then we would clear off the kitchen table and then we would gather around it yet again and put all of those Black Friday ads and go searching one after one and start making a list, a plan of, of attack. Who is going to go to this store and, and what item do they need to get and, and who was that gift going to be for and, and what time they needed to get at that store because the store opened at that particular time. We, we did that time after time after time, Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, all in search of trying to make that Christmas the best one yet. It was always quite thrilling for me as a, as a 10-year-old to stay up well past your bedtime and to even awake before the moon had, had went down and the rooster even crowed. The first stop for me and one of my aunts was always the local J.C. Penney store because for those first five years, from 2000 to 2005, they gave out free Disney snow globes. And those were plastered all over the television ads and all over the JCPenney catalogs. There were three of them. One was Tigger, one was Lucky, which was one of the 101 Dalmatians, and another one was a Pooh and Piglet snow globe. So we ventured out that Black Friday at 3 o'clock in the morning. And as my aunt and I arrived at the store, folks had already begun lining up outside. And as we parked the car and began walking in, folks were already lining up around the building. And as 5 o'clock struck on the bell tower outside of the mall, the store attendant opened the doors, unlocked, and people pushed their way in to JCPenney. My aunt grabbed my arm, and she said, Run! So we ran down the middle aisle of the hallway of the store, and there they were on a, neat, on a table, neatly packaged, green and red and blue, little packages, and inside were the well-sought-after snow globes. The store attendant handed me a green box. Which snow globe was I going to get? I, I wanted that Dalmatian, that lucky, that 101 Dalmatian, but I knew... And I was 10 years old, right? I didn't have any money to pay for a gift. I knew that I could give my mom this poo snow globe. So I kind of wanted both of them. 
we won't tell you which one I wanted more, but nonetheless. Finally, it was our turn, and we received that snow globe, and I placed it in my bag, and my aunt grabbed my arm again, and what did she say? Run! She said, run! And so we ran to store after store after store, all in search of that perfect gift for those people that were on our list. And and there, finally, two hours later, we went to the benches that were outside of a less popular store on Black Friday, and that's the model train store. They don't have any good sales on Black Friday, but, you know, nonetheless. So we sat outside those benches, and I distanced myself a little bit from the rest of my family. And I, I just wanted to see what snow globe I got. And so I opened the bag, and I took that, uh, that flimsy piece of glitter tape off of it, and I opened the box, and there was the styrofoam, and the styrofoam had a crease in it, and so I opened it, and bam, I got hit by a crowd of people who were running on their way to the next deal. And there it was, right in front of me. A poo and piglet snow globe and styrofoam and a box that was empty and the flimsy paper all tumbling before me. And there it went. I thought for a moment that that was the perfect gift I could give my mom. I don't have any money, so that would be the perfect gift. But there it was, sitting right in front of me in a residual puddle. A puddle of water, a puddle of glitter glass shards, and the poo and piglet piglet snow globe. (laughs) I was devastated. I picked up all those little glass shards and put them in the box, and then we set out to the car. I was crushed. Hours of standing in line in the cold. It was Ohio. It felt like negative 32 after you stood outside for three hours. And there we walked back to that front door, and I was hoping that there was going to be one snow globe left on that table, but there was none. And I even asked my aunt, hey, what snow globe did you get? Maybe we could trade. I'll give you a broken one, right? But no, she had a Tigger snow globe, and that was the one that she wanted, so she kept it, not wanting to barter with me. But as soon as I got home, I started to glue. I tried to put it back together, tried to put it in a snow globe shape yet again. But no matter the amount of super glue, I could not recreate this snow globe. And so I took, I broke the rest of the pieces of glass off and I put it in the styrofoam packaging so I could give that to my mom for Christmas. Where was the hope in the story of myself and the snow globe? There isn't any. It was broke. Right in front of me, there it laid in the residual puddle. There is no hope in the story of the snow globe. Much like the story that Derek read for us this morning, the passage from Isaiah about the Israelites. They had been held captive for 60 plus years by the Babylonians in Babylon. And they had longed for a time when they would once again go into the land flowing with milk and honey, the, the promised land. And Isaiah, in this prophetic scripture, was reminding both God and the people of Israel how they had a history together. About how God had given the people what they needed the most. About how God had provided for them. How, how God had power and given them power and sovereignty and authority and showed up when God needed them the most. 
Isaiah and the Israelites aren't drawing back on their nostalgia as much as they are drawing back on the memories of the old, how God had shown up in the past, and how that could be a source for their future, a future with hope at at God, at the leading of them. So too, Isaiah was reminding God about how God had provided for them in the past. God, so that you would open up the heavens and come down. Isaiah was reminding God about how God's people need to be led and how God's people need to be molded and made into what God wants them to be. In this reminder, God is alluding to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Not the hope that we try to recreate for ourselves or the hope that is temporal, but the hope that comes from Christ Jesus. That's good news, amen? As one commentary put it, hope is what is left when your worst fears have been realized and you're no longer optimistic about the future. Isaiah says what we are currently enduring in this present time is not the end-all, be-all. Friends, that means that there is, this is not all there is. In our times of wanting and waiting for something more than our present state, Isaiah says God is about to rip open the heavens And come down and save us. As the world says, this is it, God says, just wait. As the world may say, this day, today is all there is, God says, no, have hope. There is a new day, a new dawn coming. Hope in its basic form is a feeling of expectation or a desire for something to happen. As many people came to know nearly 27 years ago in the film Shawshank Redemption. Have you seen that before? Yeah, yeah, some, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's an increasing number every service. In the Shawshank Redemption read, Morgan Freeman's character says this, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man, can drive a person insane. That's what read, Morgan Freeman says to his friend Andy Dufresne when he's talking about hope. When Andy is talking about the hope that he has that will get him through his time in prison, but as the time goes on throughout the movie, and I may ruin it for you, but you've had 27 years to watch it. After Red is finally paroled, Morgan Freeman, he goes out to the cornfield, the particular hayfield where Andy had told him to go, and finds that oak tree that Andy told him to find. And under that oak tree finds a rock, a volcanic rock that Andy told him to find. And underneath that volcanic rock, he finds a tin. And inside the tin is $5,000 and a note where Red is supposed to meet Andy. But also in that note, Andy writes, remember Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Receiving God's great gift of hope and being people of hope is not a dangerous thing, is it? No. Being people of hope and having hope is what keeps us moving forward. Although when we become complacent, when our hope becomes complacent, when we do nothing with our hope but just sit there, we become satisfied and content and comfortable with our current state, that is where hope becomes dangerous. It doesn't sound very hopeful to just sit there and not do anything, does it? 
for those who are suffering, those who are downtrodden and, and brokenhearted, those who are held captive, those who are in mourning, those who are in need of some good news. That doesn't sound very hopeful for them to just sit there and just wait. If you really believe that this world as it is is as good as it gets, then these words might sound like a threat to you this morning. These words from Isaiah. Instead of being filled with hope, you might hear these words in a different way. But these words are words of good news. In the time that Jesus had come, the Israelites had been wanting and waiting for nearly 600 years, and, and their faith had not been a priority for them in quite some time because they had been wanting and waiting. Some of them even put God on the shelf to be gone through for a different generation. For the Israelites, they had a longly held belief that the Messiah, the Christ, the Christos, the anointed one of God, the the anointed one in the lineage of David was going to come and usher in the kingdom of God. And they had waited and they had longed for quite some time. But even then, when God actually showed up, when Christ was actually born, when Christ had shown up into the world, it wasn't what people were expecting. Even though the prophets of old had had been prophetic about it, had told people what was going to come all throughout Isaiah, all throughout Jeremiah, it still wasn't what people were expecting. When God shows up, it is counter to our culture. When God shows up, it is beyond our expectations and beyond what we anticipate. It is the inbreaking of God in, with, and through our lives. Oh, so that you may tear open the heavens and come down to be with us, to work alongside of us, to save us from our sin, to save us from ourselves. That is Jesus. That is Emmanuel. That is God with us. And that is good news. Amen? Though our days in the recent past have looked like anything but hope, what will this next season look like for you? Will you give up and give in to what you see is what you get and just have that in front of you and just be content with that? Or will you long for something, long for something greater, something deeper, something beyond the norm, beyond your expectations? And will you long for God's unbreakable gift of hope? What will you long for this season? On this first Sunday in the season of Advent, as we prepare ourselves to have the world turn upside down or right side up, depending on how you're looking at it, as Christ is born this day. As we proclaim that phrase, we begin this journey towards Advent. Knowing that Jesus has already been born, knowing that the proclamation to the angel, from the angels to the wise men and to the shepherds have already been proclaimed. But we pray that in the season, in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits, that Christ may be born yet again, afresh and anew. May we be wanting and waiting for Christ to show up. Be active in our anticipation and filled with great expectation as God is about to do a new thing. My friends, may we live into the fact that God is our hope. Maybe you are nearing the end of your rope. And there is no hope in sight. And maybe you have dug through the barrel and now you are at the bottom. You have nothing left to give, nothing left to receive. But when you have nothing left to give, nothing left to receive, there is hope. 
Even with our hearts broken open, there is hope. Because God's love and compassion and caring, God's reckless love will come and mend our hearts and the heart of the world. My friends, this day and every day, God is our hope. God is our strength. God is the good and perfect gift giver. As we long for days of recent previous Christmases, memories past, may we long for the hope of this Christmas to be different than on the rest. May we long for God's good and unbreakable gift of hope. Amen.